had a message this morning. It was a, a challenging message. I felt like the right message. I prayed about it all week. Um, but the Lord just changed it up and said, uh, in a sense, in those uncertain words, but that we need to realize how secure we are in God. And we need to realize that God is for us. Because the worst thing that can happen is, especially when you're called in ministry, is to go out with a passion and to go out with vigor and zeal, but really not know the depths of God's love for you. Because that zeal and that excitement and that passion will get you only so far. And then when your first trial comes... Or your first tragedy comes, you'll find yourself questioning the heart of God for you. You'll find yourself uncalling the call that God had on your life. And so before we are challenged and passionately told to go out, we've got to know who we are before we go out. Because the worst tragedy in the church is going out without knowing who we are. Because if we don't know who we are, how in the world are we going to tell others about this great God who is calling us to go out? So I got one verse that the Lord dropped on my heart. John, Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 20. And this is the one that's just really been driving uh, the heart of my ministry at this, at this point in time. And there's different seasons, but this is just the season that I'm in. This is what I keep going back to. This is what I keep trying to understand, to wrap my mind around, to see what is God's heart and what does he want from us as the church and from me as an individual. And this is the scripture that is revolutionizing my life. And I think this scripture is the purest sense of what happens when the gospel comes. John chapter 14 verse 20 says this, on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I just want to read that again. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. That the glory of the gospel is to pull us into the life of God, not ask God to come into our life. Right. That it would be a blessing to have God come into our life, but the work that God wants to do is draw us into the perfect love that is found within the Trinitarian dynamic. That God wants to take us and pull us into Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And let us feel the perfect love in which they feel so that we might know that we are perfectly loved. So that in their, that place we could step out in ministry convinced that we're loved whereby we could love others. Because love is always initiated. Love is wrapped up in another, not in ourself. And that's why when we've been looking within ourselves and we found our love capacity lacking, we've gotten frustrated. 
But what we don't realize is God's not looking for us to conjure up love within ourselves. He's looking for us to step into His life where He might fill us with His love and whereby we might love others and love others in this city and they might see a love between us and say, surely there's a God in heaven because how can people love each other like that? And that is why Jesus, the, Jesus said they're going to know you by your powerful preaching. No, anybody can do that. Performer can do that without the anointing. And some of us are so immature, we're sending them checks and saying amen to their sermons. I told you I wouldn't challenge you. I need to back up on that. But Jesus said that they're going to know your disciples by how you love one another. See, I think that what we think drives the church, I think it's a lot simpler. And I think the church has complicated it. And I go to Ezekiel 37 when Jesus drops this prophetic man in the middle of a valley with dry bones. Now, this thing is going on, and Ezekiel's in captivity in Babylon. And so God is showing him the current state of his people. And he drops off Ezekiel into this desert place with nothing but dry bones. And he asks Ezekiel a question. Can these bones live? And I love that God cares enough to ask questions to dialogue with the man of God. And we picture it, we we probably look too far ahead. But think if God dropped you off into a valley of dry bones and then asked you if they could live. See, Ezekiel was looking around at these dry bones and saying, This is the future of our people. See, this wasn't a humiliation that Ezekiel had to experience before he experienced the power of God. Because God will always take us through humiliation before He fulfills it in power. Because if He doesn't humiliate us first, we'll think we can do it in our own strength. But in the humiliation, many people walk away because they can't bear it. But we associate ourselves with the Christ who died on the cross, right? Who died on the cross naked. Humiliated and shamed. But the Bible tells us a different facet. It says that Jesus shamed the powers and principalities by His death on the cross. That God shamed shame with shame. That they thought Jesus was shameful, but the real reality was the devil was put on display for who he really is. And no matter what he puts against God, even death cannot stop the plans and purposes of God for your life. 
So Ezekiel is out in the middle of a valley with dry bones. Can these bones live? He's humiliated. Now imagine Ezekiel's response. You alone know. Ezekiel had to be emptied of himself before he could prophesy to the bones. Imagine if Ezekiel's response would have been, well, we can get these bones moving. Let's get a kicking worship band. Let's get some smoke and some lights. And let's, let's uh, you know, we'll, we'll really start up. We'll do a series and we'll hand out, you know, rubber bracelets and we'll do T-shirts and we'll... Man, yeah, we can get these bones moving, man. We'll do a soft launch to the bones, and then we'll do a big launch. Then we'll sit of a traditional church building. We'll open it up in a mall, so we'll be really cool. And uh, wonder what she's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not, and I'm not opposed to all that. I'm not. But if we think that's where the power of God is, we've lost. We've lost already. How did poor, illiterate people in the book of Acts outdo the most learned and technological advanced generation that's ever been on the planet? It's because they were emptied of themselves. And they said, if we don't have the Holy Ghost, we've got nothing. Peter had been with Jesus for three and a half years. If anybody would seem qualified to go preach a sermon, it would be Peter. But Peter says, no, I've got to wait for ten days in prayer until the Holy Spirit comes. And then when the Spirit comes, he stands up and preaches. And three thousand are saved. See, I don't want the Holy Ghost to have to come in through the back door to get a hold of somebody at this church. I want to hold the door open and say, come in here and do whatever you want to do. And I don't care how weird it looks or how strange. And I know as we grow in this direction, we're going to have to deal with some stuff. I know. And some weird things are going to happen. And we'll have to confront and we'll have to have some uncomfortable conversations. But anything that's done in the Holy Ghost, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And I'm not going to be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. And so I've already went through the place where I've walked through and come to the place that, God, I can't do anything separate from you. So when God gives Ezekiel the okay, prophesy to the bones. Ezekiel begins to prophesy and the bones begin to live. Things begin to rattle and shake, and the death process actually goes backwards, and the decomposition process actually goes backwards, and everything begins to work backwards until now there's a standing army where there was once dry bones. And that can only be done in the power of God. So God is calling us as a church to learn to wait on Him and say, God, we're not content until you show up And then when you've showed up and then you're finished, 
then you can tell us to prophesy to the bones and we will. Then we'll prophesy to the bones. But we won't come in with our ambitions and our false whatever else and our flesh and in our talents and in our skills. We're going to come in as humble people that are saying, God, you alone know. But what I do know of you is that these bones can live. These bones can live. It's a good days ahead for us as a church, and, uh, and we love you guys. And uh, if we'll stay humble, God will exalt us. That's all we got to do. We don't have to be special. We don't have to. just got to be humble. Have humble hearts that just say, God, I want you no matter what. I want you no matter what. And if we do that right, everything else works out. Everything else works out. Good things ahead. Good things ahead. Let's pray. God, we just...